Hey there, and welcome to Networking School, a podcast to sharpen your networking knowledge and add to your network. Join me each week for powerful interviews, strategies you can implement immediately, and connections to professionals you need to know. My name is Tish Times, and I am a sales and networking expert. I've been in the connection business my entire career, and for more than 10 years, I have been teaching entrepreneurs and sales teams to stop wasting time and money with ineffective networking. In addition to running a professional networking organization, I am in love with coaching entrepreneurs to sell with authority and network with confidence. Some of my clients have increased their income by more than 300% with the intentional networking strategies that I teach. It's time to stop playing with your income. It's time for more connections, more confidence, and more clients. It's time for networking school. Today is a very, very, very special podcast because I have all of my babies on with us today. And um, although I could take a moment and introduce them, it'll probably make me cry. I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves and uh, we will do it in order of age just to make it easier. So Darrell, then Lavelle, then Charles, go ahead and do a quick introduction. Tell us whatever, something about yourself that if someone were to read your bio, they wouldn't necessarily see. Tell us something about yourself, Darrell. My name is Darrell Peoples, first son of lovely Tish Times, also the favorite. That's something <laughs> but I'll make that public information for y'all. Um, I'm passionate, um, good energy, a lover of life. You know, all the usual. Don't have much to say. I'm easygoing. Cool. Very cool. Lavelle. Yeah, my name is Lavelle Jones. I'm second um, middle child, forgotten one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, a music artist, newer father. And yeah, that's pretty much me. Charles. Charles times the youngest, best looking. <laughs> um, I'm, a, I'm a hard worker you know what I mean I think I can say that about myself at least right now okay. now he is now he is <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, talking about the mother years now I am. <laughs> so because it is um, Mother's Day I really wanted to you know I've never done this it's never even um, I don't know it just really was on my heart that I wanted to number one get a chance to introduce the world to the three loves of my life and also kind of showcase because I, I see all of you all doing amazing things and want to make sure people get a chance to to hear a little bit about what you're doing. So the first question is, and I'll ask each of you all to share, you know, from your heart what it is that you want to share. What was it like? Because for the majority of your lives, definitely almost all of Charles's life, I've been um, an entrepreneur. I've been in business for myself, at least on some level. And I know that there's like great things about that and sometimes difficult things about that. How was being the, the son of an entrepreneur to you? What was the biggest impact it's made on your life or what's the, the thing that you remember the most just growing up after I started the business and that, that part of our lives? I'll go first. Okay. Well, made us tough, first of all. It's a roller coaster of a life. 
when you're trying to provide for a family and take care of a business also. You've got employees that you had to pay before yourself, I've learned. Mm -hmm. um, so we've had some good times, had some hard times, but through all those it made us tough because we were able to survive and we've also been able to see the fruits of your labor come to fruition. It's given us the heart of hustlers. We like to say, you know, we've always been go-getters ourselves. We get that from you. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much that. What about you, pretty much Just echoing what he said, the same thing pretty much, you know, um, we've always got that same, I guess, mentality from you as well, you know, the entrepreneurial spirit, even when we were kids, selling chocolates and stuff. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's definitely showed or taught us how to value things or how to, um, how should I say, how to appreciate things, if you will. It has always been, you know, dandy and all that, but um, we've always been fine, you know, we've always made it, so. Yeah. Charles? I'm going to echo what they said as well, but then I'm also going to throw in that it wasn't up until recently for myself that I really kind of got to see what it kind of means to be like in a, if you want to call it, eat what you kill type of industry. And it made me kind of go back and appreciate, you know, everything um, that I saw, you know, growing up a lot more um, just because when we were on those hard times or, you know, when we were up or when we were down, you know what I mean? It, it never felt like it was, you know, for a lack of effort for sure. And it definitely, uh, it definitely does kind of instill something in you to where, you know, you just want to kind of work harder. Uh, and, I, and I appreciate, you know, that for sure. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about some of the endeavors you all have had on your own throughout the years. You mentioned selling candy. So Lavelle, tell the audience about your candy business <laughs> that you had <laughs> when you were what, like 11, I think it was. And how, how was it for you? Because that was all your idea. You did it for the most part on your own. Wrong. Um, that was that was <laughs> Andrew, he started selling chocolates for me too. What you mean? You what? Um, <laughs> that was the question, Mom, was uh, pretty much they had a, this is a long time ago, so you can go to Walgreens, which we live by Walgreens, and buy chocolates for, four chocolates for a dollar. These were like full bars of, you know, uh, Snickers, Reese's, et cetera, et cetera. So we start off with just getting four, selling four. For a dollar each door to door, get those four dollars and get about three, and then repeat the process, repeat the process, and definitely made into the hundreds doing that. Like, you know, a hundred being kids doing that, you know, was great, you know. Um, and uh that's pretty much pretty much the same mentality we've had since from the beginning, you know. We always used to do yard work also, me and Doral. Yeah. Um, you know, to get paid for that also, but always just basically working for our stuff, you know. I mean, you didn't, you didn't, you made us pay for our cell phone bills to 15. What else could we do? You know, so we <laughs> made you responsible. <laughs> yeah. So, what about the the crosses? Remember, y'all used to sell the crosses that you would get the wood. We used to make the crosses. Yeah, I remember that. We used to like design crosses and sell them to the people in the neighborhoods or in the neighborhood. Yeah. So, whose idea was that? Do you remember? I honestly don't remember that. Was that Andrews or Doral's? Whose idea was that? They're all my ideas. I'm the big bro. I've been <laughs> on. But no, so we had lived in neighborhoods that were having houses built around us, around us. We explore 
And we found, oh, look, there's pieces of wood that aren't being used. There's some nails. So all we did was pretty much just go ahead and nail pieces of wood together into the design of a cross. We would take either markers or if we had found some paint, we just designed them that way, you know, and we walked door to door explaining that, hey, we make these by hand and get to get those off for five, ten dollars or whatever people were willing to donate to us. Yeah, that's just one of our endeavors as far as our earlier business things. We've done the chocolate. We've been I mean, in high school. We've, we've all dabbled and not a little bit go a little further into the music thing, but yeah. we've always been musicians and performed numerous places. We've uh, used to press up our own CDs, record all our music ourselves, take things to the mall, to <laughs> movie theaters, <laughs> our high schools. We were selling CDs out of the trunk of our cars for years, things like that, selling beats. Right. Ride in for people, whatever we can, musically. But yeah, we've seen, I mean, even fashion, we made shirts. Dang, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We've been dabbling a few things for a long time. Right. I have here on my desk a product of Lavelle. <laughs> so there's lots of lots of things I have, have seen you all do. Um, what has been the biggest, what do you believe was the biggest, like, motivation for the both of you all, um, I say the both of you all because Darrell and Lavelle um, have a band and have done work together. Lavelle, they've both done things separately as well. And then Charles, I'll come to you in a moment because I, I have some specific questions for you too. What was the biggest motivation for you all <laughs> to kind of push? And um, when many people would have given up, you know, when you're starting, you're trying to do your, your big music, you did it out of the house, you did it out of the little storage room we had for a long time. I mean, you've done so many things. What have been, What was the biggest motivation to keep doing it? And then even right now to continue to move in that direction? I think first motivation falls in line with just being passionate. It's, it's never been something that we've considered to be a job. It's, I mean, you could say hobby, but we just love music so much. So it's always been something we wanted to have a hand in. But also, you know, money is a motivator. It's the biggest motivator we've when we started seeing, okay, this is a sign that we can make profitable. You like you like seeing returns of things, so it makes you want to keep going harder and going going to go get it. But yeah, also just you know, just trying to represent for city, trying to make our friends, family proud, things like that. What about you? Yeah, um, pretty much the same thing. You know, just start pretty much passion, uh, and then get older, and you know figure out ways to to make money or to make a living off your passion you know um so that's pretty much pretty much that ask the question one more time though what was the biggest motivation to keep you going because you started this when y'all were like nine ten years old when you first started you know trying to even pursue music and it's been you know a long time you know since you you started honestly just the love of it easy is that like just love music, you know? And yeah, just that's pretty much easy as that, just the passion and love for it. Wonderful. And Charles, Charles actually started a job. How long has it been? Maybe a year and a half now? Year almost coming. Almost um, started in car sales and just dove right in and has been super successful doing it. What's been your biggest? motivation um, to be able to persevere in a very difficult industry. I know the industry. I know that it's not for the faint of heart. What's been your biggest motivator? 
Well, I mean, the biggest motivation from Jump, like at the beginning, was just, you know, getting my life started. Because when I first started, you know, I was still obviously living at the house with y'all and I wasn't really making no time of money or doing nothing like that. So I, I took it as an opportunity um, just to basically get my life started, you know. Um, and at this point, it's it's kind of right now, I feel like about setting up my next steps. So my biggest motivator at this point is, you know, the things that I want, the things that I see for my future, you know what I mean? Owning, you know, rental properties and, you know, obviously owning my own house and, you know, different, you know, even even some of the material things like, you know, different cars that I want or different, you know, things that I want. And I don't want to say that it's like, oh, you know, about material, but it, it really is right now. My biggest motivator is currently just kind of setting me up for my for my next steps in life, okay. I would say. Okay, very good. So we'll, we'll come back to, you know, kind of what's next for you all. But I, I want to take a step back because. It's only been a couple of years, maybe maybe two, maybe three, but it hasn't been that long that I have felt like the liberty to be able to like share my whole story. Um, you all lived it, so you know it, but it was difficult for me to share the whole story from um, everything that's happened over the course of my career, starting a business and trying to make things happen from owning the staffing company and then even starting this business. And I recently shared on a podcast similar to this, and I've shared it many times since then, but I, you know, shared the fact that it was so hard trying to make things work and really believing that they really got to put it in my heart to succeed as a business owner. And I still believe that, but as you all know, there was times where, um, you know, I wasn't making any money where, you know, I had to close a business where at one point we lost everything. So as difficult as it is, it's not a conversation that I, you know, love having, but I think for people who are both in business for themselves, who think it's all high and everything's all hunky-dory, and for their families, I think it's important for them to hear that part of it. So share with me and share with the audience both what was the most difficult part of it, and then what did you learn from it? Because I think that even those really difficult things that we go through, we have to be able to extract some type of a lesson from it. But what would you see, what would you say was the hardest part and what did you take away, Darrell? Well, there's a lot of hard parts, first of all. Yeah. Um, I have a vivid memory that I'll share, but things, just little simple things like, you know, and these things aren't as important when you grow up, but being in school as a kid, wanting a pair of shoes, seeing other kids wearing certain styles of clothes, you know, those kind of things were not important, but as a child, you know, you 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 take certain feelings away from things, thinking maybe, hey, why, you know, jealousy almost, or, you know, just why can't I have things? But I remember being in high school, I don't know if you remember this, but you probably will remember when I say the story, but I remember we, uh, had, we were driving a Sequoia at the time, remember the Sequoia SUV? Oh, yeah. And I was going to Eastwood High School. My dad was working up the street from Eastwood at Best Buy, I believe, at the time, or Comp USA, something like that. Comp yeah. And we, you, you had picked me up from school, and then we were going to pick up dad from work. And while we were waiting on dad to get off, they came and repulled the car. Yeah. And that sucked. It wasn't the first time that had happened, something like that had happened, but it was the first time in a while, and the first time as as my almost being an adult, you know, so 
I was able to understand what was going on at the time and seeing you guys, you know, you guys were disappointed, you know, I'm sure you guys had feelings of not being able to provide for your child or you things like that, you know, and just, I didn't really care much about the car, but seeing you guys so broken was hard for me, you know, but those are the type of things that made us tough, you know, yeah. you know, they, they, they made me uh, just see that life. I, I have a greater appreciation for what's important in life. You know, I appreciate the struggle. Yeah. But yeah, we've had those type of stories. Um, we've done a lot of moving. We've had, we've had to move a lot. Some of the, I can't be mad at that because it kind of has worked in my advantage because I've gone to numerous different schools and I've met a lot of different people. So I've got, gone able to, I've been able to network with tons of people that have been able to either touch my life in a certain way or vice versa, or we've been able to maybe do some type of business together. Yeah. So, I mean, it has its plus and minuses and ups and downs and whatnot. Number one, I don't think I've ever heard you say that part. I mean, I know how hard it was for, for us, but I never saw that you all would see how it affected us. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so I'm, I'm glad you shared that. Uh, Laval, what about you, babe? Um, me and Darrell are pretty similar, to be honest with you. Um, you know, being younger, you're more selfish. You know, you see, like, people have things and you didn't, you know, pretty much that. And then getting older, I don't remember, like, I don't think I was with you guys with that part, um, with the Sequoia, but I remember, like, you know, uh, I guess either the landlord or someone come to the door sometimes, you know, and I remember you guys go outside. And this was, I was, like, young teenager, kind of, like, getting older, you know, yeah. so I kind of knew things, you know, and I can tell, you could just feel the energy, you know. Um, and like Darrell said, we used to move around a lot. But all that's like, um, all that's pretty much just what, who made it, what made us today, you know, it's not, it didn't break you guys, it didn't break us, you know. If anything, you know how I am with my kids, it's pretty much like, I use that as motivation to know how I used to live. My kids did not live like how we lived, and that's like a good thing, you know, it's not like we live bad at all. Like, I love, I wouldn't have changed the way we lived, just to be honest, because I see people our age, our, our, our peers, whatever, and they're not, you know, as built as we are, if you will, um, you know, sturdy and the foundation is as strong as far as just on the work ethic or just how, you know, priorities or things of that, in that nature, you know? So um, I won't take it, I don't take it for granted, or, you know, and change it or anything like that. Cause like I said, I, I use it as motivation also, and just don't forget kind of where you came from kind of thing. Yeah. Like, we didn't waste anything in our house. Like that was like a sin to waste things in our house, right? Like, you gonna eat that? Uh, <laughs> you throw it away. You gonna eat it still? Uh, but like my kids, like they're just like I'm just like, what in the world? These kids do not live like how I used to. <laughs> like we would be in trouble for this. Like, it's because it's not like you know we're not like we don't we're not wasteful, but. It doesn't it won't kill us for doing something like stuff like that. And they can live like that without having that feeling, you know, just and I know in my head is, you know, because of how we grew up. And I'm just like, you know, we go hard for them, just like you guys would for us, you know, but it's supposed to be better each generation, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. And I love and we'll talk a little bit about this, but um, Lavelle has given me the gift of grandbabies. And oh, my God, those those children, they are my hearts as well. I love them so much. And I see 
how you are able to take the lessons that you've gotten and, you know, you've purchased your own house, just, you know, just at not even, you know, it's like, how old were you like 24 when you bought the house? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like being able to take that and say, I'm going to do things different. That blesses me so much. Charles, you were a lot younger, you know, you didn't see everything that Darrell and Lavelle saw, but what, how did it impact you and what have you taken away from it? So I saw, you know, the cars, you know, getting repoed. I remember the blue Lexus. I do remember the Sequoia, even the the Jeep, you know, I mean, a couple, you know, and, and I, and I realized that we moved a lot. I didn't know that there was anything wrong with that though. Like I didn't, at the time I'd never, and that was one, that's one of the, I guess the lessons that I, that I learned is that I was never wanting or needing for anything. I was always taken care of. We were always taken care of. And so um, I saw those things and it didn't hit me until obviously way later because I, I look back now and I'm like, you know what, what happened to that car? What happened? Why did we move from that house? We were only there for a little bit of time. And you know what I mean? And it, and it all, it was all like kind of retroactive lessons that I, that I ended up learning because I never felt like you never transferred the pressure, you know, downward. I mean, they could definitely, you, they, they could see obviously how it affected you. And as I got older, I could kind of tell a little bit more, but, you know, I never felt, you know, the pressure. I never felt, you know, like we were broke. I never felt any of that, um, which I, which I do want to thank you guys for, because in, in a way you were, you know, kind of, I guess, protecting me or, or, or protecting my, my innocence, I guess, at the time you could say, you know what I mean? Because yeah, I realized that we moved a lot, but I, I, I never honestly saw a problem with it. It was like, okay, well, it's just time. You know, I mean, we've been here for a year, so it's, it's, it's about that time. You know what I mean? Or when the car was gone, I was like, oh, I guess it's just time for a new one. Or, you know what I mean? Like, and it didn't, it didn't hit me until like way later, but um, I, I got my retroactive, you know, lessons that I learned from that. And, and obviously the biggest one, just never letting the pressure, you know, come down. You were always, you know, still down to like, sit up and uh, you know, play with me and you know you're always down to still help me with my homework even though I don't know what you were going through at the time you know what I mean but you're you're never you know you never let me feel the the pressure you never you know push me away or anything like that so I want to thank you for that for sure oh I love you guys so much if I and I, I kind of want Lavelle to hear this too I, I might repeat it if he's not back in a second I don't know if he can hear me right now but the one thing that I did learn and um your dad and I, we laugh, we, we joke about this a little bit because we always say that, um, that Charles had a different pair of parents than Darrell and Lavelle did because we had to grow up, you know what I mean? And there he is. Um, Lavelle, I don't know if you heard what I just said or not, but what? I was saying that me and your dad kind of, you know, we joke about it now, but we always say that Charles had different parents than Darrell and Lavelle did because we were still like, well, we know. yeah, <laughs> we were still, yeah, figuring things. we were figuring <laughs> things out. We were trying to figure out how to provide. We were still, we grew up with you in all honesty. You know what I mean? We really felt like yeah. we grew up with you guys in the sense of just figuring out how do you take care of a household? How do you take care of a family? How do you manage um, time and money and, and 
just learning that it's okay. And this is the one thing I want to share. And Lavelle, I think you've done a great job already picking this up. And I'll say it for, for Darrell and Lavelle for future. If I could go back and change anything about our lives, the one thing that I would change, if I couldn't change how money flowed in, if I couldn't change how we stayed here or didn't lose that or whatever, what I would change is talking to you. I would, I would tell you what was going on instead of in my effort to try to protect you, I feel like I robbed you of certain experiences. You know what I mean? By not just saying, this is what's going on, or this is why this happened, or this is how much money we have coming in, and this is where we're falling short. Just so you understood things a little bit better, and it didn't always feel like that, that you know, kind of you said you can always feel that atmosphere, if you will, of that pressure that was happening with us. Um, that's the difference, I think, is to kind of, instead of try to make it pretty because it wasn't, you know, because now I, I mean, I know it, I knew it then, but I know it even more now that it impacted you more than um, we knew it was impacting you when we were trying to quote unquote protect you. How do we just kind of talked you through it? It might've made things a little bit easier. Um, what do you all think about that? Do you, do you think that would have made a difference or, or no? I, I think it could definitely. Um, I think that there's a thing and this, I, I think, falls hand in hand with it. So uh, just you speak, you, you teaching us these things or telling us what's going on, they would probably lead us to be more curious about learning about finances and things like that. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I mean, in our educational system, schools don't even teach us about things like that. You know, I'm barely learning a lot about finances as a 30 year old man. You know, I'm, I mean, I've obviously learned, but I'm still every day just learning different things that I'm like, why was I not learning this in, in school? Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't, it's not your fault because you guys probably weren't learning these things either. Mm-mm. And I think even on a broader scale, just our, our community as black people, we don't have this type of things passed down to us, unfortunately. So yeah, that those type of talks could help and they should probably be something that are more into this discussions in our community and uh, even as our educational system period, just finances is something that we just don't, we don't get the, the opportunity to really get taught. Yeah. Unfortunately. I agree. I agree. Laval, what do you think? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, like in anything, communication is, you know, really good. So, but I'm, I'm not saying that it would have changed too much. I mean, sometimes you got to just, sometimes living it is a great teacher also, you know, so, or just being around it and knowing, like we could tell, I guess Charles is there for a lot. But I'm saying we could tell him certain things, but unless he lived it, we won't get the full, you know. So yeah. in that kind of sense, but um, yeah, communication is good in any sense. But yeah, like I think to myself sometimes, I'm like I'm well now I'm 29, but when I was like 27, 25 with Leah and JJ was baby being born, I was like, dang, my parents were this age when you know what I'm saying. I think about that, so it's like, dang, that's crazy that you were this age that I am or was. At that time, when, when I was that age, and I was like, that's why I think, you know, like you said, we grew up with you also at the same time, you know, because by the time Charles came around, it was already different by then, you know, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I will definitely say that it's important for us um, to break cycles, because like you said, my parents didn't know, you know what I mean? They loved me the best that they could. They loved us, you know, me and my siblings the best that they could. But there were things they just didn't know. And so we didn't learn 
anything about, not only did we not learn about money, I was literally afraid of money or afraid of dealing with money because I don't know if you all ever picked up on this, probably not, but when your grandmother would be like paying bills, she would be in the worst mood. When she sat down at the kitchen table with a checkbook and bills, I'd be like, I'm out. Because she would be (laughs) like yelling and short with everybody and everything. So on some level that instilled in me kind of like, okay, don't look at bills. Don't, don't learn money. You know, I just, I don't know. There was this subconscious kind of fear for money. And so it obviously translated into the way I dealt with it. It took me years to really begin to learn it. And unfortunately you all had to go through a lot of those, those unfortunate lessons, but I'm just so grateful and so proud of who you all have become the men that you are today. You, you know, this is not the first time you've heard me say it. I say it often, but I look at you all and I'm just like in awe of, um, uh, in awe of how you've taken those difficult lessons and really just transform them into the most amazing lives. And I know that you all are still, you know, pursuing things and have dreams that you're still aspiring to, but where you are right now as a mother, and I know your dad would agree, I'm just like, we're so proud of you all. We are so proud of you all. I, at no point do I look at you all and say, man, I wish they would have, or that I'm just like my boys, they, they are living, they're doing their thing. They're um, holding it down. And I'm so, so, so proud of you all. So as we wrap up, I just want you all to share just one thing that's on your heart, you know, for Mother's Day, again, whether it be to to mothers who are, because most of the people who listen to this podcast are business professionals, they're entrepreneurs. So if you want to share something to a mother who might be in a similar circumstance, who's just trying to get their grind on, is really just trying to make it all come together and um, is, is really relating to this conversation, or maybe um, you know, that mother that maybe hasn't dealt with it yet, but, you know, has kids and is trying to balance things. Or if you want to share something, you know, for me, I don't care, whatever you prefer to say, but just share a Mother's Day message, if you will, um, before we wrap up. I'll go backwards. Charles. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> Middle is always good. <laughs> whatever. Always second place. Anyway, um, well, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm going to share. I mean, I'm going to share something about you. So I, I obviously, I love you so much, and and I am, you know, definitely as much as you're in awe of us, we're definitely in awe of you and everything that you've gone through. I, I literally, I sit back. I don't know how many times I've heard, you know, your whole story with, you know, everything. Um, and, and every single time it almost brings me to tears because it just really just brings home like, oh my gosh, like my mother is truly an amazing person. Like seriously, like out of the, out of the millions of women that possibly could have been, I am just the most blessed person on the face of this planet to have you as my mother, like real talk, like you're a superhero for real. And I absolutely love you. Love you too, baby. Thank you. Agreed. <laughs> Lavelle. That's it. You can wrap it up with that. Charles killed it. <laughs> no, um, yeah, pretty much what he said, Mom, your story is phenomenal. It inspires so many people, inspires us. Definitely, you know, um, 
you know, it's even though it's not the, you know, the the easiest story for us to hear because it's been hard, you know, um, it's, it's needs to be told, you know, um, to your viewers, you know, to your listeners and to everybody out there. I'm, I'm sure they heard that are hearing this right now. Pretty much they heard you say how um, proud of us you are. Um, but that's just basically because of what you did, you know, so hopefully they can take that also and just use that as inspiration when it's hard, you know, um, that years from now, it doesn't even have to be years from now, but they don't know that they're instilling great lessons in their, their children that are going to help them steadfast when times get hard or anything like that, you know? So, um, yeah, I love you so much, mom. And thank you for everything for real. I love you too, baby. Thank you, Darrell. Yeah. You already know how I feel about you, and they both conveyed those that message as well. So I'll just say, first of all, I do I just appreciate you so much, Mama, and I love you, and Happy Mother's Day early, I'd say. And to all the other women and mothers out there, just want to go ahead and wish you all the same. We love, I love, um, the the woman, and I have, I have a relationship with the one woman who I love, so I don't want to be disrespectful to her, but. I mean, women are to me the godly. You know, they're the, the 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 givers of life. They're stronger than us as men. I mean, men we we're we're men, but women are stronger than us, and that's for sure. When I'm sick, it's different than when my girlfriend's sick. I'm a little baby, <laughs> uh, so I just appreciate all the women out there, all the all the women out there trying to pursue whatever passions or dreams they have. Things might seem hard at times; they might get hard, but Never give up on whatever it is you're 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 um going after. Um, stay strong. Know that we 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 uh, appreciate you. And we're rooting for you all, and that's pretty much it, man. Happy Mother's Day to y'all. I'm so short for words. I'm sorry. <laughs> you did great. Um, what's on the horizon as we're wrapping up? Anything that you want to share, Lavelle? I know you have some things coming up. Um, I know you all. You're going to be featured on PBS in the near future, why don't you share with people where they can find you and maybe tell them a little bit about your most recent album. Um, yeah, um, this weekend, I know it's going to be after Mother's Day, but we'll be on PBS. Me and my band will be on PBS doing some songs there um, on what's called Sound on Tap. Um, but um, being that this will be aired after that, you can still find it on pbs.org. Um, and then you can just search the Bow Jones on Google, and the first thing will be me as far as you see like Spotify and Apple Music and all that. Um, but yeah, pretty much that. And yeah, much love to everybody out there listening. Awesome. Anything you all want to share? Um, anything upcoming? Anything you got um, on your heart that you want to close with? Um, not really. Not personally. Me. I'm not sure what's on the horizon, but I just look forward to what's on the horizon. I feel like a lot of things have been falling into place for me. Things just come together. I can't, I don't want to speak on certain things. I don't have anything in concrete yet, but mm -hmm. I'm sure things are, there'll, there'll be announcements made eventually, but. Very good. Yeah. Okay. I do. What's up, Charles? Boom. Very <laughs> surprise. Hit me up, you know what I'm saying? Go ahead and get your screenshots so you can see that number. <laughs> Mary H. Miller yep. surprise. Park and Van Needs, I got you. Okay. <laughs> Everybody got business cards. <laughs> Very good. Well, I appreciate you all. And just FYI, if you love, which I love, 
the music from the Networking School podcast. None other than Lavelle Jones is the the creator of the intro and outro music for this podcast. So if you've never listened to it before, make sure you take a moment and listen to it because these are my babies and this was my son that, that created this for me. So I love you all so much. Thank you for doing this. I know you guys are all busy, so thank you for taking the time to do this. And um, I'll see you later. Thank you for listening to Networking School. Go grab your complimentary networking handbook at tishtimes.com and make sure to follow and subscribe to Networking School on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and all the wonderful spots you go to get your podcast. I would be so very grateful if you left a review of the show. Make sure you follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And remember that relationships are the catalyst for success. So get out there and make some intentional, authentic connections.